I'm Hillary. I'm Emily. And we're the Sirens. Today we are talking about the movie The Stranger, which is a 1946 film noir that was directed and co-written by Orson Welles and stars Edward G. Robinson, Loretta Young, and Orson Welles. It was his third completed feature film as a director and his first film noir. And it centers on a war crimes investigator tracking a high-ranking Nazi fugitive to a Connecticut town. It's the first Hollywood film to present documentary documentary footage of the Holocaust. So here's what happens. Mr. Wilson is an agent of the United Nations War Crimes Commission who is hunting for Nazi fugitive Franz Kindler. Wilson releases Kindler's former associate Conrad Meineke, hoping that Meineke will lead him to Kindler. Meineke leads Wilson to a small Connecticut town where it turns out Kindler is hiding out as Charles Rankin, a school teacher and clock enthusiast about to be wed to Mary Longstreet, the daughter of, uh, of a Supreme Court justice. Wilson needs proof that Rankin is indeed Kindler in a series of attacks, ploys, checkers, and uh near-death experiences ensue that that was a good summary hell this was a surprisingly complicated plot for what it what the movie is about it would seem like it would be like oh just find this person but it was like find this person and then you have to prove it and there's a complicated romantic relationship yes And, and the woman has to like have both a victim and like hero role to play in this as well and just to be the bait yeah oh my gosh we we will talk about that (laughs) (laughs) um i have a couple of pieces of trivia i didn't find as much trivia about this movie as i was expecting the the main piece like i said is that it's the first hollywood film to present document documentary footage of the holocaust apparently orson welles saw some footage in uh, may 1945 and was immediately like taken with the footage and and what immediately knew he needed to like incorporate it in some way into like a, some feature film just to sort of make sure everyone saw and knew about it and I think also is like uh well we can get into it more but sort of like a you know when when people say oh nobody knew about the holocaust you know I think this is part of the repudiation of that Orson Welles had a reputation for long exposition scenes and long like long takes and so International Pictures gave the editor of the film the freedom to cut any sequences that he felt were unnecessary. And so he ended up cutting almost 30 minutes of the Wells's final version of this film, including 19 minutes from the beginning. And there are some pieces of dialogue that you can that don't totally make sense. And it's because of those 19 minutes that are missing. Oh, that makes me feel a lot better because I felt like for the first like 20 minutes of this movie, I was like, wait, what's happening? Yeah. Who is this? Yeah. The whole like scene with the two people who were looking for him first, like, or following uh, Meineke first, like that was a longer scene. There was a scene of Mary and Rankin meeting in the cemetery. There's 19 19 minutes of that of (laughs) background. (laughs) <laughs> well, that also makes me that like I it makes me wonder because one of my kind of criticisms of the movie is that there the relationship between Rankin and Mary is not like there's no background up like we don't see yeah. them like 
we just come right into like, oh, wait, he's a Nazi secretly. And like, you don't have the foundation of their relationship. So it's hot when yeah. Mary's very stand by your man that it's it's very confusing. Right. Because all we know based on like a snippet of dialogue is that they've known each other a short time because he's only been in town less than a year. And like that doesn't sort of makes you go like, Mary, what are you doing? Yeah um so the rankin's meeting in the forest with meineke that ultimately ends with rankin murdering meineke it's shot entirely in one take that lasts four minutes and 10 seconds kind of amazing wow the whole town exterior uh is actually constructed in the uh a hollywood backlot in the united artists studio on santa monica boulevard which is kind of wild including the church with its 124 foot clock tower jeez that's so cool i wonder like if there are still pieces of that somewhere yeah i don't know it was pretty amazing um and that's that's it that's that's the trivia that i could find that was worth sharing it's interesting watching this movie because um we were just revisiting our film list Mm -hmm. and one of the earliest movies we did was the third man Right. Which is another Orson Welles. And I felt I noticed a lot of parallels with this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some things that are just like Orson Welles signatures, like yeah. the way he plays with light and shadow and like the long takes, like you mentioned. But mm-hmm. also one of the themes seems to be sort of like a woman falling in love with someone and like finding out that they're a bad guy, but still... Mm-hmm kind of standing by them or like not being able to um stop their feelings for them which i thought was interesting um and also in both of these movies he is cast as the bad guy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that is interesting um but i i found him much less appealing in this movie than like he was kind of charming in the third man even though you knew that he was a bad guy and in this one i was kind of like what does she see in this dude <laughs> like yeah. this is like there wasn't that much he just kind of seemed like upset slash threatening most of the time uh-huh. i mean i think you know from the beginning that this guy is like he's sort of sinister but even if and that you know this war crimes guy is following him so even if you're not like immediately like oh he is a nazi you're like well he he did something <laughs> because he's being tracked and and there he has like no redeeming qualities even you know even as we see snippets of like his seemingly positive relationship with the like the boys that you know who are you know students like Mm -hmm. I guess you could say those are glimmers of like oh maybe he's maybe good to them but like on the whole you're like you, you are just awful through and through yeah I it seemed like I wondered how one of my other big questions about this movie is like how did he get set up in this Mm -hmm. location i mean his english was flawless yeah but anyway we'll get into it more (laughs) (laughs) yeah before we get too far into it who did you bio (laughs) um so i bioed edward g robinson Mm -hmm. who we've seen in a number of other films Mm -hmm. and really a prolific actor (laughs) Yeah. So he was born Emanuel Goldenberg on December 12th, 1893, in a Yiddish speaking Romanian Jewish family in Bucharest. What? 
Yeah. Um, when he was a kid, one of his brothers was attacked by an anti-Semitic gang during a like what they called a schoolboy pogrom. Mm. And in the wake of that violence, his family decided to emigrate to the United States because they felt that they weren't safe. Mm. He arrived in New York City in 1904 when he was 10 years old. And he often described that as like the real start of his life. He grew up on the Lower East Side and then attended the City College of New York, planning to become a criminal attorney. But an interest in acting and performing led to him winning an American Academy of Dramatic Arts scholarship, um, after which he changed his name to Edward G. Robinson. um, And the middle initial G, he added as a reference to his actual surname. And he began to appear on Broadway and in films beginning in 1915. And over the course of his 50-year career, he was in 30 Broadway plays and more than 100 films. Whoa. I know. He's best remembered for his tough guy roles as gangsters in films like Little Caesar and Key Largo. And that's pretty much like when I see his face, that's what I think Mm -hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And during his career, he received the Cannes Film Festival Award for Best Actor for his performance in House of Strangers. Uh, during the 1930s and 40s, he was an outspoken public critic of fascism and Nazism, and he contributed over $250,000 to organizations involved in war relief, along wow. with contributions to cultural, educational, and religious groups. Wow. Yeah. Um, And he apparently, even though he was cast in these like gangster roles in real life, he was very soft-spoken and cultured Hmm. and very interested in art. And he had an extensive art collection. So he was kind of more like an intellectual type. Uh Um, During the 1950s, he was called to testify in front of the House Un-American Activities Committee during the Red Scare. Of course he was. I know. Anytime someone was like a good person, they got called up. Cleared of any deliberate communist involvement. But as a result of being investigated, he found himself on what was called the gray list, Mm. which was people who were on the Hollywood blacklist maintained by the major studios, but could find work at minor film studios on Poverty Row. And apparently the, the reason that he got accused even though he was like very outspoken with like anti-fascism he and he was not a communist or like didn't have any um affiliations but he didn't outright decry the soviet union because he viewed them as allies against the nazis like basically anyone who didn't make public statements against the Soviet Union was suspected of being a communist. Mm. Uh, his most famous roles included the insurance investigator and in double indemnity, uh, the adversary of Moses and the 10 commandments, which I kind of did a double take. and was like, Oh yeah, he was in that. Movie. Yeah. And his, his final performance in the science fiction story, Soylent Green um, and Robinson died of bladder cancer in Los Angeles on January 26, 1973. Charlton Heston delivered his eulogy and his pallbearers included Jack Warner, George Burns, and Frank Sinatra, among like a ton of other famous people. 
Um, he he's considered by many to be one of the best actors never to have received an Academy Award nomination, but he did receive an Academy Honorary Award for his work in the film industry two months after he died. So that and and I could have gone into more detail because he did so much, but I tried to keep it succinct. Um, and I found his personal life to be interesting as well as his film career. Oh yeah, you didn't even go. <laughs> <laughs> so that's him and oh the other thing that was funny was um he's like a big pop culture reference because he played all these famous gangsters and mm -hmm. there's a character in the original bugs bunny that's based on him i love it i'm glad that you buy it in because i feel like <laughs> long overdue <laughs> Me too. I was surprised. It was very interesting. Should we get into The Stranger? Yeah, let's get into The Stranger. <laughs> Dig deeper. <laughs> what are your overall thoughts? I mean, I think my my initial like overall thought is just like just that it seems like an appropriate movie to have watched in the time that we are living in now and just to like think about like what's happening in our time now in our like our in our yeah. world i don't know it's just like an interesting context in which to like watch a movie about nazis and and war crimes and i don't know and to like have that juxtaposed against like like small town american life i don't know it it made it sort of seem like oh the 1946 wasn't that long ago feeling the repercussions of it and so it feels a little bit like we were watching like the first draft of history I guess of like yeah and then like the fact that like Mary is the daughter of a Supreme Court justice um I assume a state Supreme Court Court justice and you know and there's some like waspy dynamics in that family and made me think a lot about class in particular and uh, those are my initial thoughts what about you I didn't think that much about the class stuff when I was watching it, except that I thought, you know, A, this would have been a huge scandal if the daughter of a Supreme Court justice married a, not just a Nazi, but like a top ranking Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> and B, their house was like a ridiculous mansion. Yeah. <laughs> <So> those <laughs> were my two thoughts. Yeah. And the fact that, like, when she got married, I guess she brought this, like, she basically got to take her servant with her. Yeah, her, like, longtime nurse or whatever, yeah. I thought it was a good movie, but it was different than what I expected. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought it was going to be mostly about just the surprise of uncovering that someone, who, like, that they knew and trusted was a Nazi. But really, the perspective of the movie from the beginning was that viewpoint of the movie is omniscient and you know mm -hmm. that he is the nazi mm -hmm. so it had a different perspective than what i was expecting like mm -hmm. it, it it was less about the surprise and it was more about a lot of it was really about what does this woman do in her relationship mm -hmm. yeah and i was somewhat confused about the relationship itself as i referenced earlier just that like i did he really love her i mean that was one of my questions like was it a real relationship emotionally on both sides to some extent yeah or was it like i sort of saw it as like it was a marriage of convenience for him that he was like oh no one will 
I, and I can't remember if he actually said this to Meineke, which I don't know if that was he was being like truthful or not. But, you know, that like marrying Mary was like the a way to like sort of clinch his like new identity. Like, you know, no one would suspect, you know, that a former Nazi would be married to the daughter of a Supreme Court justice. So I like I I I mean, if he was whether or not he was telling the truth to Meineke, it seemed like from for him, it was sort of a a fraud i i mean i actually thought he might have had some feelings for her but it was i don't know that part was unclear and i also wondered just how he could have just been plopped down into the small town where it seemed like everyone knew each other everyone knew each other's business and for someone to have no background no Mm -hmm. family no friends and just show up yeah and like that it seemed like a hard like if i was like if I was trying to assume a different identity, would I do it in some small town or would I try to do it in like a city where people would probably not pay that much attention? That's right. Where there's like more options. I know. I Although don't know. Maybe like that's that's the calculus that like no one thinks that you would try and infiltrate a small town. I also wondered like what his game was because when they're talking at dinner and he kind of gives himself away when he says like Marx wasn't a German he was a Jew yeah but they're asking like about the Nazis and he goes on this big speech like a Nazi will never stop a Nazi will always like Mm -hmm. wait for the you know the eventual rise again of power like, like it was it was almost like too weird and obvious how he was going on and on about it and it made me wonder like were they being placed in places to wait for some eventual like rise again of nazis like it almost felt like a sleeper cell situation like he was Mm -hmm. like i'm here and like when the time comes i'll be ready yeah yeah i mean it seemed to me like uh like he had a good cover story because it seemed like he was like a like a philosophy or uh like history teacher or whatever which like a you know some kind of like high humanities teacher would like have opinions i guess about like carl's carl marx or whatever it was like a good cover i definitely got sleeper cell um vibes off of what was going on (laughs) he was like okay he's here and he's waiting for somebody to like call him up yeah, and I wondered too if like if what you thought was accurate and that he was strategically courting her, mm-hmm. like was this part of a plan to like infiltrate the US government? <laughs> because... Yeah, like what's the end goal? Yeah. Cause I actually I mean you said probably it was the state Supreme Court. Just because they never said, I just assumed that it was like a federal Supreme Court justice. And I was like, this is like a high ranking family. Yeah. I mean, I only guessed state because he was in Connecticut and not like the D.C. area. But yeah, I mean, it didn't really. I did wonder that. I was like, why is he home in this small town? If he's a Supreme yeah, Court justice, court. I don't know. Did you did, did you think it was weird that both of his kids referred to him by his first name? Yeah, that whole the, the family situation. There are so many things to talk about in this movie. <laughs> There was like enough details that you're like, I don't, what is it? Why are you giving me this detail? I don't understand what is happening. Well, I also was like, why is this, why is the Nazi hunter choosing as the one person to confide in a child 
Right. The like, yeah, the teenage boy. And then like having him, you know, essentially take risks. Right. And sort of like traumatizing him. I was like, why don't you just talk to her dad? He Who is, as established, a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> it made no sense to me. I was like, what? He's like, you're the only one that I can trust. And I know that you'll carry this burden. And like, meanwhile, his sister could have very easily been murdered. Multiple and then this, times. This child would have been like, if I had done a better job, my yeah. sister wouldn't have gotten murdered. Well, and even, but like, on the other hand, like he, when he finally does like talk to Mary's dad and he's like, you know, she could, he could attempt her life or whatever. He's, he like seems a little bit shocked. But it's not like horrified. It's not like he like runs right out and is like, well, I'm going to get Mary out of that situation. I'm like, if that happened in my family, I'd be like, stop everything. <laughs> like, you can figure out your political game some other way, but my child is not the bait. <laughs> I know. And the whole way that that was presented too is like, you know, I can't really care about this because my ultimate aim is just to get this Nazi. But, like, I understand that you're her dad and you might not like that she could get murdered and there's a good chance that she'll get murdered. I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're, like, the, you are an investigator, an investigator for the, you know, like, the U- UN War Crimes Commission, you have, like, a different perspective on everything because of, like, the breadth of horrors you've seen. But on the other hand. Yeah. On the other hand, maybe just don't risk people's lives. Yeah. I also found it hard to believe that they had, like, no other way that they could possibly identify this dude. Yeah. Like, even if he stayed out of the papers and stuff, there must have been something. Yeah. Like, they... Like, like fingerprints? Or... Yeah. Or, like, a physical description or something. A photograph? (laughs) I don't know. I did think it it was really funny that they were, like... All we know about him is that this was his name and he was really into clocks. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, Although that seems like very on brand to me for like, you know, German sociopath, like what's the (laughs) hobby going to be? Clocks. Religiously themed clocks and eventually an angel stabs you in them. Oh yeah, that imagery was what I was like, okay, this is a little over the top. Um, although like i mean speaking of that like closing scene i did like i did find myself like getting a little bit uncomfortable or a lot uncomfortable that um she was the bait and then when she goes there to con- like to confront him i'm like oh geez no it's gonna happen she's gonna like fall down the the ladder or he's gonna kill her or whatever but i like i did appreciate and i wanted to ask you about this you know that she says i am here to kill you and then she does and oh yeah i mean like you know, he gets ultimately stabbed by the clock and that's what kills him, but she shoots him and shoots at him and like that's what like gets him out the window and I don't know. Like what what do you think about that like twist at the end of like her saying like I'm the one who's gonna kill you for being a Nazi and for being a fraud. Well did she didn't she say she was uh, maybe I'm making this up. <laughs> didn't she say she was gonna kill him and kill herself? Well, she said, like, I don't mind taking you down. Like, if I go, I don't mind going if I'm taking you down with. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I I viewed it as less, like, empowerment and more, like, murder-suicide <laughs> kind of thing. 
That's funny. I like, saw it as more of a like, let's kill Hitler kind of thing where you like, you know, you're going to die, but you're going to like die doing something noble. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the I actually thought this movie was not very flattering to her. And yeah. it seemed like the overall like theme they were going for was that she was in love with him and was willing to like sacrifice her integrity up until a very far point to stay with him yeah and so i viewed it as when she came like that to confront him that she was just like beyond despair about what had happened between them and like who he had proved to be and like no longer respected herself i don't know i definitely (laughs) like leaned way more into the like i thought she was suicidal there (laughs) and that it was less about her taking a stand and more like you know i can't bear this and we're both going down so i don't know i think i had a darker read on it yeah i mean i think like yeah it's interesting that you had that read and i had a read of like she had like the breakdown in her head and then she was like she had the resolve to like go and she's like he has to die and I'm going to be the one to kill him <laughs> Did, I thought that it was there were, were very cool shots mm-hmm. with her walking there and yeah. like her sort of flowy nightgown it was mm-hmm. very eerie and then mm-hmm. you know climbing that ladder into the bell tower and mm-hmm. um, all of that but I actually thought like it was so unbelievable to me that like she was okay with him being a murderer yeah but not with him being a nazi so like she would have um stood by him and also like brought herself into the crime if it had just been regular murder yeah (laughs) well and including the murder of her dog yeah oh my that was the most unbelievable part to me like this dude comes to you and says, I killed your dog and I did it on purpose. Yeah. And like, she clearly loved this dog. Like yeah. it was like the family dog. Yeah. Who Who's going to be like, that's okay. Yeah. I stand by you. Like, not yeah. that I'm trying to equate the life of a dog with the life of a person, but like, yeah. she didn't know that man. Yeah. But this this was like, you know, basically a family member who she loved and she didn't care. That was the thing that was like, are we supposed to like her? Because she's not very likable <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, she was very like flimsy. Yeah, it was very, she was just very like stand by your man. Yeah. Like all. Stand by your Nazi. Yeah, stand by your Nazi. And then when they really revealed to her that he was a Nazi, she was just like, you know, why are you doing this to us? Like, leave us alone. Like, she just wanted to have her happy married life. Yeah. So the saddest part about this movie was that all of this transpired, like, right after they got married. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, it would have been a different story if it was like, oh, this was her fiance. But, like, you know, she did legally bind herself to this man. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine what the fallout would have been for her after this. I thought the whole thing was very dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a very dark movie. <laughs> I mean, I guess like the the interludes with the like the guy with the in the store 
that's across oh with the checkers yeah was like (laughs) sort of frivolous enough to like balance it out I guess yeah oh did you catch um when they like came back from their honeymoon and the younger brother said did you keep your knees together and your apparatus in no I didn't catch that I was hoping you'd because I was like did I hear that right (laughs) and she kind of chided him like he had said something off color but I was like I don't know where you streamed it but where when I was streaming it it came up as like for 13 and older and it said like violence and sexual content uh-huh. and i was like you know violence obviously like they showed the holocaust footage and also he does get like speared with a yeah sword well and he murders meineke <laughs> yeah and he, there's any murders there's murder but like i was like what is the sexual content and then i was like is it just that one reference to like birth control <laughs> yeah no i didn't catch that there were a lot of like cool little details in this movie too like um, the sign that said, like, gentlemen, do not deface walls, use the pad. Yeah, I love that. I thought that was so funny. And then, like, he draws a swastika when he's on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I thought that was interesting. And just the imagery around the clock, too, I thought was really cool. Yeah. And it reminded me, like, on a much smaller scale of there's a really famous clock like that in Munich oh and you know how the nazis were like obsessed with bavaria yeah um and because like some of that culture that the nazis were aggrandizing isn't really typical of most of germany it's more like bavaria and austria Mm -hmm. um but that that like type of clock is popular in that region so i thought that was a good detail yeah i've been living my own life making my own decisions for a long while now it's impossible to go back to being treated like a child again well do you think we're ready to talk about Bechtel? i mean the only opportunity that mary has to talk to another woman is when she's talking to her housekeeper maid nurse person right there's no, yeah. not a ton of women in this movie no but i definitely noted that they do have conversations and they're not about a man or a relationship. Yeah. So I think it does pass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think like there's enough. I mean, like Mary, like we were saying earlier, Mary's background is a little bit unclear. But, like, what does she do all day? Yeah. But well, I think it's... she has developed enough that like you kind of get who she is. So it, it reminded me of actually Loretta Young also was the lead in The Bishop's Wife. Yeah. And it was a similar type of situation where like there was someone they had like a servant to run the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, that was this must be nice. Yeah, must be nice to have a servant around the house. <laughs> yeah, because like they were having that big party with all of the other like teachers from the school and stuff, mm-hmm. and she didn't even have to like do any of the preparation. For yeah, it. She like, just basically had to dress up and like act as the hostess. Yeah, must be nice. But the servant seemed like one of the only people in the movie who actually cared about her. Yeah. In a real way. Yeah, and I like super appreciated the the faked um like heart attack in order to get her to stay. Yeah, me too. That was like commitment. Yeah, when she did that, well, I don't for like a second I half believed it cuz I was like you could have a heart attack if you were like, you know, some like 
war criminal investigator is telling you like you've got to do this and like yeah. you're thinking that this person that you probably raised is going to be murdered yeah if you don't keep them there like that yeah that was, i know like is it a real heart attack or is it a fake heart attack either way it did, did the thing we all want to help one another human beings are like that we want to live by each other's happiness not by each other's misery well what about social justice i mean it seems kind of obvious yeah um genocide is bad and and, i mean i think wilson we get a lot of the movie through wilson's point of view and he's you know trying to bring in a a genocidal mastermind which seems like extremely justice based yes yeah i mean it made me think that i would like to read more like about the Nuremberg trials and, yeah. and stuff, because I feel like I have read a lot about, you know, the time leading up to the war and the war, but I haven't read a lot about the post-war period and mm-hmm. the fact that they actually invested a lot of resources in trying to bring people to justice for war crimes. Yeah. So I think I might like to learn more about that. Yeah. For sure. Although I just had a flash, not to make light of this at all, but this reminded me of um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith and the movie we just watched, The Bigamist. The like oh. these movies that have like this pivotal role of like an investigator that like like the investigator comes to town and like it like shifts the dynamics, whatever. It's basically like they are the bringer of the conflict. Yeah, the bringer and the resolver of the conflict. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, this movie was, a lot of it seemed like it was really kind of from Wilson's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting choice. I mean, you could have told this movie from, like, what would this movie have been if it was from Mary's perspective? I feel like it would have been very different if it was from her perspective. Yeah, I do too. So, yeah, I mean, I th- it, it does have very obvious social justice themes, which is part of the reason we picked this one. And okay. also because it's November. Yes. So what would you rate this movie? I think I would rate it a four because I would watch it again. I think like that some of the like themes and questions I'm like, I'm interested in. And I think like, I mean, I I think it is like interesting that you and I read the ending and Mary's role in the ending like differently. And I guess I'd be interested in watching it again just to like see if I like on the second watch would I like have the same thought about it um and I I don't think that I like knew about this movie before but I like I I appreciate that it exists and you know that it was the first movie to have footage of the holocaust and as sort of a like putting the line in the sand or whatever the metaphor is to like say you know the holocaust happened you know these people were murdered and the people who are responsible for it must be held accountable what about what about you what would you rate it? Yeah, I think I would rate it a four as well. I I didn't think it was particularly enjoyable. <laughs> I, I thought it was well acted for the most part. I didn't think her brother was that great, her younger brother. Yeah. And the cinematography was really good. Yes, and the yeah. themes were worthwhile. Did you read anywhere that, I don't remember where now, but that this was like loosely based on a true story? Oh, because huh. I do remember reading that like a lot of Nazis uh, went to Argentina, mm-hmm. but I I don't remember hearing about like a lot. I don't know. I don't feel like the U.S. would be as easy to disappear into. Yeah, but 
Anyhow, anyway, I would give it a four. I would recommend watching this. I prefer the third man to this. Mm-hmm. I kind of like one of the things that bothered I kind of got like a little bit of an anti-woman vibe from this yeah which I wasn't that happy with <laughs> you're not but uh, it, it wasn't like yes it was kind of misogynist like I don't know it wasn't like super blatant and like overt about it but yeah. and I think I don't know maybe Orson Welles just had like problems with women I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But so, like, I probably would have liked it more if it had handled the Mary character a little differently. But I, I think it's a good movie, and yeah. I think it's definitely worth watching and potentially studying, like in film mm-hmm. classes. Yeah. So, hell, what's our next movie? Our next movie is a completely different direction: Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. <laughs> yeah, talk talk about a completely different type of movie. <laughs> <laughs> And now for something completely different. That sounds great. (laughs) May it please the court, I submit that my entire line of defense is based on the proposition that persons of the female sex should be dealt with before the law as the equals of persons of the male sex. Follow The Screen Sirens on Twitter at The Screen Sirens. Leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud to help other people find us. And become a patron at patreon.com slash The Screen Sirens. Thanks for listening. After all, tomorrow is another day.